Hey friends, welcome to another Great Day Podcast episode. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K. Today's podcast is brought to you by Uri Aronson Wedding Photography. Top customer service is the name of the game when it comes to Uri. I mean, he builds personal relationships with every single client. He turns down clients. If he already has that set amount for the month, that's it. He's focused on making sure that every single client gets the right amount of attention to make sure that every event comes out top, top notch. And he's a friend of mine. I've seen him work firsthand, and he has such a creative eye when it comes to the photography business. He brings out a unique photography, the angles. He brings out a story that no one else is telling through photography, and he makes sure that it's unique for your special occasion, for your special event. Now, I'm actually thinking about getting married so I could hire Uri. I mean, he's that good. <laughs> Check out more about Uri at on, on Instagram, at Uri Aronson Photography, or check out the website, UriArnson.com. That's U-R-I-A-R-N-S-O-N.com. Check it out. It's your one-stop shop for any type of photography, crushing it in the wedding photography business. And like I said, if you want something unique, something different, something special, go ahead and check them out. All right, all right, all right. So here we are today with our guest, BD Deutsch, also known as Speedy Beatty. Back in 2016, she started running, and that was only a few short years ago. This mother of five now has won numerous races, a marathon champion, and is now an Olympic qualifier. That's insane. Her, her passion, her faith, and infectious positive energy is contagious, and I'm so grateful that I was able to catch up see what I did there? with her to record this podcast. Hang back, stay tuned, and enjoy this podcast with BD Deutsch. Good to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you just haven't been, you haven't stopped moving since you got to the U.S. No, I haven't. Right. Well, for those who are listening in and watching us, I'm sitting here in Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York, with the one and only Beatty Deutsch, aka Speedy Beatty, <laughs> multi marathon winner, mom, human, human, all all the great things. Um, it's funny you connected with human and you like sort of like gave like this little nod. Um, I know a lot of your brand is around marathon mother, mother of five. Do you relate to that? Do you do you enjoy being categorized as that title, as a mother and then marathon runner? I think this is like the first time I've been asked, like, do I enjoy it? Like, it's so, it's so just a part of me that I don't think about it. It's like, I feel like it's really important to know, for me to know, to remind myself, the most important thing I'll ever do is be a mother. And it's so easy to get caught up in the like accomplishments you have. But like actually after I won the Miami half marathon, I was sitting in the car finally, you know, video chatting with my kids after I hadn't seen them for four days. And I was like so excited by that. And there was like so much joy in just talking to my kids. So, yeah, I very much like mother first, you know, mm. and it's important to me. Yeah. Tremendous. Are, are your kids your, your biggest fans? I don't know. because. <laughs> My kids really, they cheer me on. They're great. But like, I, I do have a lot of like fans here. And I feel like my kids are kind of sick of the whole like running thing. You have to have that balance. Like I try very hard to like take running. At, it's not too much part of their life, you know. But how is that? I mean, how is that even possible? Because I mean, I partially trained for a full marathon. And that was just more as for leisure and just to get like fit and to challenge myself. But for someone on your level right now to be able to like run and professionally, I can only imagine the time commitment that takes. 
And so how, how do you like balance that and separate, give the time for this, say your, your husband, your five children, and as well, nail your goals and what right. you need to get done? So I'm very much about like compartmentalizing. Like when I'm out there training, I don't think about anything else but training. Like my kids are not in my head at all. <laughs> Mommy still loves you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, but I have, I know the hours I'm there, but literally like when I'm with my family, like my phone's away, like I'm not thinking about what workouts or anything. I, so it's very much about being in the moment with what you're doing. I think, you know, a lot of moms have this struggle. Like they have big goals they're pursuing. They have careers they're passionate about. And I think that's really great. And I think, and they're still dedicated moms, you know, if anything, having your own passions and goals gives you energy. It's like, so when you're back with your kids, you can focus just on that. And, you know, um, the, like I decided now when I go back to Israel, I am off social media for a week because I need to like detox from like, I just want to be with my family. Like, I don't want to think about anyone else, you know? Yeah. Do you think you're going to get some anxiety being no, off social no. media? Not at all. Yeah. No, I kind of like I have a love hate relationship with it. You know. Sure. Like I think many of us. I mean, I can speak for myself as well. Like it, it's such a powerful tool, but at the same time, to be mindful of like how we use it and engage with that. And I can only imagine. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but with you, it seems like with all the craze of, I mean, your brand's growing. You're you're being recognized now. You're. I feel like you, I mean, you're on social media a lot more than I'm sure you have been in any time of your life. How is that? transition been for you and how has that affected your life your own mental health well the truth is my previous my previous job i was involved in follow-up with students so i was like in touch with people all day what were you doing before? every day i worked for um the olami foundation i was the director of follow-up and i was in charge of helping jewish students get to israel get on programs when they come back from israel get connected with people i was the jewish connector uh -huh. and it was non-stop communication over every channel of social media and so being able to train like professionally was a huge blessing because i just felt like i had space and it's true like i'm getting recognition and i'm active on social media but that's not like what I'm, I'm not here to like become an influencer or anything like that. My goals are to like, you know, be a runner, represent Israel. So it's kind of more of a side thing that it happens, whatever happens with it. Like I'm not focused on it, you know? Mm, right. And the messages I put out there, like it's only like I still haven't managed to write a race recap from Miami, but it's like I choose, it's some, it's content I want to share and that like it has to be deeply coming from me. So like when it comes, it's there. I don't pressure myself to do it, you know? That's great. I mean, I, like you said, you mentioned the word influencer. Sometimes, it, I mean, being thrusted into the limelight like you have been, <coughs> do you feel like people, when they engage with you or they sort of want something from you, you're put on a certain pedestal? And do you do you feel any type of pressure in that sort of regard when you meet people or people reach out to you and like they expect something from you and you're like, wait a second, that's not who mm -hmm. I am? No, I've never felt that pressure because like, I am who I am and I'm doing what I want to do because it's important and passionate to me. And like, actually, I've said, I, the more celebrity I become or famous I am, I'm like, I'm not really sure what the appeal of being famous is. For real, I want people to know that because like, I get just as much pleasure from running and maybe when I was doing it just on my own, even more, just because I love it. And like, People, you cannot go out there and do things because you want other people's validation or attention. Like you have to be doing something because you're deeply committed to it from your own desires and motivation. Mm. And like if anything, 
the more I've been thrown into the limelight, it's like I want to run away. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'd be pretty good at that as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so tell me. <laughs> I feel what I do feel privileged about it is the opportunity to like connect genuinely with people like superficial like you know you're so awesome at like that doesn't really strike me so much but like I've made so many real meaningful relationships through runners and moms and going on this tour was very powerful in that way to like realize like that I can have deeper connections with people when I meet them you know and that's cool I mean we're talking about your tour now your your it's, it's your first official tour in America since since uh your recognition as in the in the running world um pretty much i last year i was running uh like a shabbaton weekend so I, I did a few speaking gigs but this was like i took a week yeah i did a race i spoke yeah so, incredible yeah. and you're talking about the race we were just in the half <laughs> we this uh we're here it's thursday this sunday we were in miami in the miami marathon and it was really great i was with team life fun you came by you spoke you wild up the crowd it was really <laughs> very exciting it was fun to be there really amazing yeah and and you did and you took home the uh you won first place in the half marathon that's really so did the miami marathon bring you down and what was that yeah actually they had been asking me for like months like come to miami and i'm the type of person that like doesn't know what i'm doing the next day <laughs> so i'm like i can't really think that far in advance but Eventually, I made the decision. I was like, you know, it's a good opportunity. They're flying me in. Mm -hmm. Can make a do a speaking tour. Hopefully, sure. I could win and and you know make some money. <laughs> so sure. it was and great. And really, coming to Miami, like I didn't do it as a race, like to improve my time, but like it was more of like a workout for me. Oh wow! But listen, that that's that's, <laughs> that's speedy beauty for you. We're training for months, breaking a sweat, you know, and like, yeah, I'm just gonna like run this half marathon, and well, who knows? I will say it's that it's called like a hard when you do it like that, where there's not a real taper. It's called like a hard workout. Uh -huh. And I knew though I wanted to win because mostly I really wanted to make the Jewish community proud and like be able to proudly represent Israel in America and especially in South Florida where. There is such a strong Jewish and Israeli community. I felt almost like an obligation. Oh, right. Which, thank God, I don't feel pressure from. But so it was really. You want to make them proud. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're that's representing. What, that's exactly right. Sure. So it was nice that it worked out. Wild. Wild. <laughs> so before we go down this, the, the, deeper down this rabbit hole of your running career and, and your goals and aspirations for what's coming in 2020 and, and so on and so forth, take me back a bit because you grew up in Passaic, New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, I spent a Shabbos a weekend in Passaic. Not the most exciting place no. in the world. It's, you I'll know, never, it's quaint. I'm, no, it's, 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 it's nothing, nothing special about Passaic. It's Passaic. Um, you grew up in, to an Orthodox um, family, a religious yeah. family, Jewish family. And what was that, growing up in that, in your family, you're the oldest of five, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, was your family open to extracurricular activities, to fitness, to that kind of world? Or I know you grew up with Taekwondo, so there was... Yeah. My family is super open-minded. My parents are balichuba. Like, they didn't grow up religious. My dad right. was a football player. Um, the cool thing about my parents, I always give them, and I should give them more credit, but I give them all the credit, is, like, they never had, they encouraged everyone to go in whatever path they wanted. Amazing. And very much, like, you know, what you what's important to you, what, what is good for you, find your path. And definitely, we were such an active family. We did every year, we'd go hiking, and my family had this goal 
in New Hampshire, there are 48 mountains over 4,000 feet. Wow. And so they wanted to do all 48. And they all did all 48. I'm the only one who's missing like six right now because I got married. Oh, <laughs> And wow. so my dad has been every summer like begging me, like, go finish them. I'm like, if you watch my kids, I'll go finish them. He's like, you can run up them. I ran up one. Like we were here for a brief minute. I went, did like one with my husband, but I'm still, I still have to collect a few more. Wow. But like, so act, act, you know, athletic wise, like I definitely... I was doing sports, but nothing because the, you know, Orthodox community is so kind of insular and like I went to the most religious women's schools, like we didn't have team sports. I didn't know about like, you know, college track and field. Like I'm so new to the whole running world. Mm. It's like funny in Israel and for my coach, like I'm constantly learning, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's it's pretty wild that you, um that it seems like you just started running when you were 26 back in 2016, yeah. was it? Yeah. And so, like, sort of had like this sort of hidden like talent that you won, you know, you didn't even perhaps didn't even know that you had. Um, did you run at all at, in your teens or early twenties? No, at all? I well, I would occasionally get out for that like jog, like usually like the week before I needed to have a baby. Like, okay, come on, let's see if we could push the baby out, like oh, right. you know, or like run with my stroller with my kids, but. I did not know anything about the running world. I did know that I was good at sports and that I'm strong. Sure. And like I was known actually in high school, like for always being able to grab the machanaim ball. Like so people did Whoa, call me speedy, speedy beady. And when I would play basketball, I could like get across the court really fast. So that's, I knew that, but, right, but that was... no, it doesn't, you don't know what, like you can run races or win races. <laughs> That's insane. Not at all. Right. Did, did, did so Speedy Beedy was a name, a nickname from back in high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Mostly just because I, I did. I would, I would like rollerblade to Starbucks and order people coffees and like rollerblade through the city with Starbucks coffees or like you know doing these crazy things like that. So, so that, so that was always something that, that sort of stuck with yeah. you. Got it. And now it's coming back. Was there um so through this time are you do your parents you know as as your fame and as your, as your running career is growing are you supported by your parents by your community My then? parents are my like biggest supporters mm. totally I would say there's like there's nuances in in you know religious community so like I'm very careful it's very important to me to never bring like negativity on the Jewish community you know It it's not always accepted to be like a out there professional runner as a female orthodox woman and i understand that i know what i'm doing is maybe a little bit different than what is the norm for like ultra religious communities and it's okay with me because i've never been someone that like needed to conform like i was always like do you do you do your own thing yeah. and i have discussed it very intensely with my mentor and rabbi and he very much encouraged me and to me i think change what happens tell you? He told, I asked him, like, you know, should I go? Like, I had a choice, like, to become, like, start training professionally. Like, Paint me that picture. When, when, what's happening right now? Like, when you had this conversation, you just won 2016, you just had your No, first, no, okay. no. It was, this is last year. After I won the Israel National Championship Marathon in 2019, so I... Which also made you top five all-time yeah, fastest Israel. woman in Israel. Yeah, Amazing. and my time was crazy. Like, I had run a 2.42, and I had cut six minutes off in the marathon, and I knew... That I wasn't even like scratching, like I knew I had more in me because. Wow. So, then Israel said, like, you can they'll pay me, you know, a monthly stipend to, to be an Olympic candidate and train, and like it was like, should I drop? And the main decision was also like, first of all, that's very going very public about it, you know, like, and I was I I had to give up the job I was doing where I'm impacting a lot of Jewish students, and I asked my rabbi like. 
you know, should I, and I always have been really passionate about making a difference, like as Jews, you know, and that's like, I connected with you, like when I saw you're like, the thing you did for the Super Bowl, and it's such a beautiful initiative. And like, thank you, I very much value, you know, like, going out there and and sharing our light, shining our light, you know, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about being lamplighters. Exactly. So I didn't know if I should like it was a dilemma. And he told me like, you have an opportunity that's unique because you can show the world that a religious woman can do anything and the world needs to hear this and not compromise on her values and beliefs. And like he said, he said, of course you should do it. And he's literally been so supportive. Like before every race, he prays for me. Wow. He gives me a blessing. He he follows it. So like the second I've raced, he's like, send me an email like, wow, Bracha, you did an amazing job. My <laughs> name is Bracha. I can't, I have never, <laughs> I'm so blessed. Any question I want to ask him, he's given me advice. So, what are some things that do come up in a race or in this world, like halakhically or Jewish law, that could get a little tricky? One is, um, like, <laughs> well, things come up like races can be on Shabbat. Like, mm, I sure. when I, you know, the Olympics weren't supposed to be on Shabbat, they may end up being on Shabbat. Mm. I, I specifically asked him actually about doing like a run on, on Shabbat, because, and he told me, technically, you know, as... If someone was just running purely for pleasure, they could run on Shabbos. It's not an issue. But because I'm a professional runner, I always have my weekly mileage to make. Like I, I'm not. I can't possibly say I'm just doing it for pleasure. Like I train. So and because I stand out as a observant Jewish woman, like I have to make sure I'm completely, you know, adhering. No, I don't want anyone to have any questions about what I'm doing. So I don't ever do any training runs on Shabbat. Wow. And then races obviously would not be allowed either. So. Other questions I've asked him, like sometimes, you know, specific like uh, nutrition, um, electrolyte powders, they don't have a kosher certificate. He'll go and he'll check with the, you know, all the like ingredients and get someone who's very knowledgeable in it to find out if it's okay for me. Mm. Um, I've asked him about just like my own personal struggle with certain like being extra careful of modesty. Like, so I asked him what my guidelines should be. He just very helpful. Wow. I mean, talking about modesty, you when you run your marathons, you're fully clothed in modest clothing. You're wearing yeah. a skirt, you're wearing a head covering, <laughs> knee, your elbows are covered. Yeah. That's um, that's very a, very um, commendable. Do you feel like that's ever going to change? or um... It's never going to change. Um, no, it's something like it's not a question. It's so funny. It was never a question for me. It's like when you grow up keeping modesty, like you're not going to start running differently. Now that I'm gotten more serious, every so often when I'm really hot in the race, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I kind of just want to whip my shirt off right now. <laughs> and then I think like, scandal. Like, right, you know? exactly. Or the next But like once I was in Valencia, it's like the middle of, you know, no one's there. I'm like, sure. what if I just like, t- my skirt was soaking wet and like sticking to me because I poured water, which never do that. Don't pour water on yourself. You'll get more sweat. So I'm like yeah. thinking like, I could just be running in my shorts right now. But it's not, it's not a question, you know, even I said, even if I don't fully understand why I need to do this, because I understand and appreciate the concept of modesty, but at the same time, like women who race running, like it's purely performance focused. It's not like you're showing off your body. You're like, try- I get it why they do it. It's sure. faster. Yeah. So I said, though, like, I don't always need to understand everything God asks of me. And for me, modesty is like, it's reminding myself, which this is really important to me, to to be humble and to know like at the end of the day, what I'm doing, like my running is not me. 
And it's so easy when you get into the world of athletics, like you see all the time, I worked so hard for this and I put in so much effort. And, you, you know, we do have to work hard, but like I give full credit to Hashem. And wow. so I feel like when I'm dressing modestly, I'm reminding myself like modesty, like who's in charge? Hashem is in charge. He's taking, he's the one who gave me this. It's his, it's his blessing, you know? That's, 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 I mean, that's incredible to, to stay grounded and stay focused on, you know, where, where your power comes from and understanding that it's, it's just really a tool for you, a gift for you to yeah. just show up and, and another way to show God in, in this world and people to aspire and to, and be inspired by that. Um, so do you think, I mean, I know you just recently have a, a deal with Nike. Nike is an official sponsor of yours. So Nike, yeah, okay. Nike in Israel is kind of low on the totem pole. So like Nike is my, you know, gives me clothing and shoes. Let's just say they could do a little more. It would be nice if they could do a Nike's little more. Nike's a big fan of this podcast. We'll see, you know, they're, they're, they're know. listening. listening. <laughs> I actually met with someone yesterday who, who, who maybe will be able to help me. I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll do like a dry fit style skirt. I you made know, my and... own, I made my own dry fit skirt out of a Nike men's dry fit shirt. Boom. Because, okay. Look at you. I, fashion now, designer yeah. as well here. Now people, you. so I said, when I was like, when I, on my speaking tour, I get questions about that. And I'm like, you know, I've been trying to convince Nike to how much, how important it is for them to market their skirt. They don't seem, we don't see eye to eye on the value of the, you know, this product. I'm like, but when I'm standing there at the start line in Tokyo in my own Nike skirt, they're going to be regretting that they didn't come out with it because everyone's going to be get, wanting that skirt. That's right. right. You should, you got to <laughs> stock up on those because I'll sell out pretty quickly. Yeah. So that's, tr and also there are a lot of Christian um, women who wear skirts. Like mm. I have so many followers who are not Jewish and who literally tell me they dress modestly. So yeah. I think that Nike's really missing out. Like, totally, there's a whole another yeah, market right there's there. There's this whole market. And I also, I mean, I wonder though, when you if you're wearing Nike, you know, but you just can't do it. I wonder how that plays out. <laughs> well, that's why you always can do it. Ah, there it is. <laughs> well, well, well said and well plugged. But I did come across an article as well where there was um, a woman uh, who was wearing a hijab and she wasn't allowed to, um, I think she got disqualified because of, yeah. of wearing that. Do you, so I so I found which is interesting that you have a following that isn't necessarily Jewish who fall who do abide by the laws of modesty and do you find yourself having conversations with people outside uh, uh, yeah. opening up new worlds and new ideas to you that you haven't experienced before? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I've connected with a lot of Christian women. They share a lot of we share a lot of you know ideas about what it means to be like have a relationship with God and like I think it's you know to me always like. I want to, we can connect with so many people regardless of religious, background, race. Like mm. we're, we're here to just be, you know, break down the barriers. That's what I think is really cool about sport in general. Like I've gone to like races in, you know, South Africa and I try and connect. We don't share the same language, but I'm like chilling with Ethiopians and Kenyans and, and I just want to connect with people. So yeah, this has like opened up a lot of new worlds for me. And in Israel also, I did like a, I did a photo shoot with an Arab woman. And yeah, I, saw that. And really I cool. wanna just, I want, cause I think sometimes Jewish, like we kind of get, we're, the Jewish community is amazing. Like I'm super, I live in Israel, but we, we end up being so like insular in a certain way. And yeah. like think that we can't like mix or like something's gonna happen, but like we can gain a lot and we can share a lot when we just realize we have so much more in common with people than we think and not focus on what brings us apart. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of beauty and to express our differences when it comes to how, you know, our customs and our religions. And, and that, I think what makes the world so beautiful, like, yeah. you know, it'd be, it'd be sort of boring to go walk into a garden and have the same flower everywhere. Right. No, it's, I, it's beautiful. I totally but at the same it. time to be part of that garden and to realize that we are, you know, all God's children and we are, you know, we all have a very, very human, you know, connection and feeling that runs very, very deep. And um, through my experience of opening up and connecting with people outside the community, outside, you know, the Jewish faith, it's been very enriching and has made me appreciate my own, you know, my own background, my own community, yeah. my own religion, and as well as opened my mind up to so many incredible experiences and people. I think yeah. it's when I think when somebody, when when one may find themselves not so secure within their own belief or perhaps they feel a little loose in their roots, then they get a little scared. They put up walls that you know right. necessarily have to be right. there. Right. You know, and I think it's I, there's more power somewhere up with the rabbi. I think it's I, I think a rabbi who's who's able to get a yes rather than a no out of like a question is is a more knowledgeable rabbi because i think it's rabbi who's like oh no to this no to that, to that. It's like wait a second why are we saying no no, no? right like, that's why i love and appreciate so much about my rabbi because he's constantly like he's not he's always looking for the way to like he has the wisdom and the like vision to as much as he is so mainstream he's so in the most orthodox community yeah. but also to see like things from a bigger picture and like i think change happens not when we're like blasting out, oh, this is wrong and it's negative. Like we need to do something about this, all this bad, bad, bad in the Jewish community. Like change yeah. happens through individuals who say, I'm going to be a positive role model and make a difference and people and show. And people are so inspired and moved by that. And they say, I want to be like that. Sure. That's how, you know, so it's grassroots. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And you're definitely in the forefront of that in, in, <laughs> in the fitness world for sure. When it comes to your relationship with your husband. Yeah. Oh, we're going there. Okay. <laughs> I hope he wants. He sees this. <laughs> oh, he'll see it. He loves the podcast. He's a big fan. He's a big oh, fan. Totally. <laughs> um, so, uh, when it, how has your relationship shifted and changed since pre-marathon? It's so relationship? interesting. Like, my relationship with my husband has changed so much because of a lot of factors in my life. Not necessarily so much from the running, because like there's a lot of personal things I haven't been open about obviously that like i don't feel it's not not the place but now's a good time to do that <laughs> no some of them are not i believe as much as like you can be genuine and authentic and share like you do have to know what's what's the boundary so like with my so I, the thing is though i recently no i no recently said to him like you know i feel bad because i feel like i've been on this t for me it's this crazy journey of like self-actualization where i'm like feeling so like everything in my life coming together, God giving me these gifts and I'm using it for exactly for my mission and like nothing to not, it's just very powerful and I'm very tuned into that. And I'm like, and then also obviously there's a lot of attention, whatever. And I was like, I asked him how he like, what it was like for him. Like it must, I said, it must be hard for you or whatever. He didn't, he didn't really acknowledge if it was hard or not. So I don't, I, he's, he takes time to like, you know, it. yeah, like he won't always be, he's not like, yeah, he's an introvert. So I have to get things out of him and it doesn't always come out. <laughs> so I don't know 100%. Like, I I know one thing. He doesn't like, he never liked being in public. He doesn't like being in the spotlight. And, it, and it's hard for him. Social media is like hard for him. He doesn't love that part of this. Mm -hmm. And he recently told me like, he made an Instagram account because he felt like he couldn't know what was going on with my journey like while I'm here because I wasn't like in touch enough. So that made me feel and my kids were also and that made me feel bad. And I was like and I, I'm happy that he has Instagram like he could follow me on Instagram. That's great. But like it's weird that he was like 
I can't like you're you're so all over the place like I can't know what's going on like I had to follow your Instagram so I felt really bad about that well that's and- I mean to be honest my, that's my parents <laughs> open up their Instagram accounts as well they're like man we don't know where you exactly. are what country you're at we you know we hear <laughs> our friends are on WhatsApp right. boring stories to, to us so like we figured you know what we'll open yeah, up some, uh, Instagram so account. I'm really it's and also my husband tends to be like over like like he he can get overly sarcastic, so I knew it wasn't like genuine, like a hundred percent true. But yeah. fine, he did, he said that, so there's always truth in what he's saying. Yes, I think that when the more public you are, the more important it is to actually prioritize your family and loved ones, and because people are constantly wanting you, grabbing you, whatever, and don't lose focus on who really matters the most. Like those, you know, likes, DMs, comments, like they're meaningless. Like the people that are in your life, in your inner circle. They need you the most. And like, I'm not saying I'm good at this. Like me and my husband are <laughs> bad in the date date night department, like terrible. Like, I don't know. I hope that when I get back to Israel, I can get away. We can get away for like a night. Like maybe it's mm-hmm. it's a dream. I would love to like one time be, for him to be able to come with me to race just him. Usually that can't happen because he's home with my kids. I mean, the the, the roles of, of traditional like of of an Orthodox home has sort of shifted. It seems like in a way, right? Like with you oh, well, traveling, being away, eh, and him being eh, it's only when I'm not. I know I'm not away that often, honestly. <laughs> and when I'm home, I'm so 100 percent there. Like he was like he was complaining about how he's not he can't handle another day he's like the floor is so messy i have to pick things up all the time no one has clothes i'm sick of making lunches and i'm like <laughs> i was trying so hard oh. to be sympathetic i'm just but then so, i was just like thinking like listen i do this this every is my life single day <laughs> and i still have my job right but he's ama- he is amazing he's supported me from day one when i said i want to run a marathon and i was not running at all he didn't say you're crazy. He like he believed in me. He's the reason that I'm here because he pushed me wow. to go for a time that I never would have thought possible. And he not only he got a watch for me. He was like so much my coach like all the time. And and now he makes a tremendous amount of sacrifice for me. And and I tell him like I don't take it I take it for granted because like when you're in a relationship you expect like your spouse to support you. But but then every so every every few weeks I'm just like I I don't take it for granted. Like what you do is above and beyond and I'm so grateful. And I told him like, like I was getting emotional because it's like four years this month that I ran my first marathon. Wow. And I never, ever, like, it's just, I never would have dreamed, you know, ever that I'm here. And I like looked at a picture of us like standing at the finish line of Tel Aviv and I'm just, and I like, I was like, you know, and I didn't get to, I said, I'm going to write him a letter because I want to just like say all the things, but I haven't written it yet. But, um, well, if you know, your husband's going to be listening <laughs> to this podcast now, is there something you want to tell him on this podcast? Just to him, no one else. Um, I just, I just want to, I just like feel a tremendous amount of like gratitude. And if I don't say it enough, cause like I, I don't like you're amazing. He's amazing. He really deserves, he deserves all the credit and he's so humble about it, you know, and he doesn't want to be in the limelight and he never makes me feel like whatever, but like, yeah, it's, and honestly, like I would say about our relationship, like we've had a lot of ups and downs. So like nothing, no one, I really am a big believer, like whatever you see on social media, just take it with a grain of salt and don't, Mm. and I don't put anything out there like do you feel like I'm your very, social media is 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 a bit fluffed up or is it pretty no, with, no 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 <laughs> it's not but i'm saying i also don't put up 
I don't post, I don't put up like romantic, like pictures of us like, ah, well, you know, it's just like, that's not how I like, yeah. no, I don't, it's very, that to me is very private. It's private sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think people have lost that sensitivity and it's unfortunate and it cheapens people's relationships. Don't do, your relationship is, is private. Right, you know? with what goes on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't really see much per perhaps physical affection between my own parents, but never did I ever doubt that they didn't love each other. Right. right, it, right. Some things are, you know, are meant to, to be to private and intimacy. Shifting quickly to a to another topic, uh, fitness and nutrition in the Orthodox world. What's your take on it and how do you think um, it, could, it, could, it could get better? Because I, I know growing up, I mean, the food is tasty. It's awesome, but it's definitely not the healthiest. And, um, and was it for you, was it difficult for you to shift to, I'm sure training, you have certain diets yeah. and certain regimens? Um, are... I see so much. It's funny. I think I'm just so positive that I always see progress. Like I see so much progress. I see people really going out and starting to exercise. I see it becoming so popular and normal, accepted. I see people being conscious of nutrition. I see, I also see like it's a balance, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think, I don't think that from Judaism like is inherently unhealthy. I think it like maybe people made it that way, but like you could have a delicious Shabbat dinner. It's actually really healthy because like you're sitting down and spending quality time with your family and like part of eating properly is like slow down, like listen to your body signals, you know, like take that time, not mm -hmm. like fast paced. So sure. like I think it, certain things have to shift and whatever, you know, you don't necessarily need to eat like a whole challah at every meal, whatever. You can have like a <laughs> slice of bread. Yeah. You could have a lot more. You don't need 10 side dishes. You could do a sat, like simple. Keep it simple. And I, I don't know. I'm in Israel, so I think in general, like things are simpler there and people do eat a lot of like, you know, fresh salads, protein and stuff, like nothing crazy. But I'm, I'm optimistic. I think we're definitely making progress and... That's the goal. Can we expect know? a speedy BD cookbook or a no. diet plan? <laughs> Perhaps a workout video? I don't know. I could do things. Like people always ask me. I don't I don't use recipes. People always ask me, what are you making? What do you eat? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have time right now. Maybe if it's if there's enough like real demand, you know. Oh, oh, I feel like it's gonna be getting there soon enough. Yeah. I happen to be because of I have celiac disease. So I also have to cook gluten free, which is also taken off like it's so popular. I don't personally think that being gluten-free is necessarily healthier unless your body rejects, like, I can't eat gluten. It will destroy my system. So right. I don't know why there's such a craze of it, but <laughs> it's, it's the day. It's, yeah. it's there. It exists. <laughs> yeah. What's a speedy, beady cheat meal? Oh, like not healthy? Yeah, not, you know, because you got you to treat oh, yourself, totally. right? You're of on course. the regimen or you, you have to pump back. Uh, so you know. The thing is that every after like I do every so often, like when I have a race, then I'll let myself just like enjoy for yeah. a few days after. But what, what's the go to? Chocolate. I love chocolate. Mm. And then I don't know. I'm not. Uh, but then after a few days, I'm like, my body feels so off. Like right now, I've not been eating well these past few days. I'm like, I don't I want to just get back to like myself like it's hard for me you yeah. know but um big ch I like I was always had a really big sweet tooth so the sugar thing is like that and and maybe like french fries those are great you know nice. yeah <laughs> a little Dijon a little yeah. uh a little basil on top nice yeah. what's a quote that inspires you what's your favorite quote um well I'm very much inspired by Dina Castor, who is the American record holder in the marathon. And one of her mantras is define yourself. And she talks a lot about how she that was what kept her going in certain races. And she always says, you know, 
when you're pushing in those final moments of the race and you're looking at your watch and it's about seconds, why do those seconds matter? She says, it's not about the seconds. It's about the fact that in that moment, you're making a choice that defines you and who your character is. Are you a person that gives up when it gets difficult or are you a person that keeps pushing and overcomes? And I always keep that with me because like those seconds in the race are just a metaphor for all the moments in our life where it's so easy to give in, give up, quit, say it's difficult. And if we can overcome it with our mind, then that's what defines us. And wow. every choice we make defines who we are eternally, you know? Amazing. Incredible. So what are what are the, what are some future goals for for yourself? Um, um I'm running another marathon in April. Wow. And I've like put it out there and have in mind this uh we're right now in February. So yeah, and you just I'm ran a half marathon. In the big yeah. big marathon build up. And then so it's not it's not necessarily realistic. I might have to tweak it, but like my big goal is like it would be cool if I could qu actually qualify for the real standard of 22930, like a sub 230 marathon. That would be like insane. Um You got this, babe. <laughs> I, my coach is not like very positive that it's going to happen, but the thing is like I always kind of have illogical races. They're all minashamaim from God. So, you know, mm. we'll see about that. And then in bigger, like, I really hope I'll be able to actually run the marathon in Tokyo and not just fly to Tokyo. And to that. Yeah, you're working on getting that we're trying, uh, to, to yeah. retract it. And so, so the race is not on, on the Shabbos? Yeah, we'll see if it happens. And then if not, there, there's always, I'm so excited. I kind of just feel like my career of running is unfolding and I have a good, like, five years of like really getting stronger, better, and I have so much to work on. So I'm Absolutely. looking forward. The best is yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> well, feel free to follow Speedy Beauty. Where, where can we find you on social Marathon media? Mother. And my Facebook page is Beauty Deitch, Marathon Mother. Incredible. Yeah. And you could see the real deal on all the crying kids and all the laundry and everything else you want to know. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> All of it. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey Thank with you. us, your inspiration, and really good luck nice. on all your future races. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and thank you, BD, for being on the podcast. And of course, a big shout out to our sponsor, Uri Aronson Wedding Photography, top customer service, personal relationships, and of course, a unique way of capturing your event. A story will be told that has never been told before through the photography of Uri and his team. Do check him out on Instagram at Uri Aronson Photography or at his website, U-R-I-A-R-N-S-O-N.com, Uri Aronson.com. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in and be sure, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Give it a rating, comment. I love to hear from you. Check me out on all the social media platforms and be sure to come back, visit us on Monday for the new, brand new episode of the Great Day Podcast. Until then, wishing you a beautiful and great day ahead.